Hello, I'm Carmen Colosi, Latin America analyst at Rain. This podcast is brought to you by Rain Worldview, the premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Learn more at stratfor.com. You are listening to Rain's Essential Geopolitics podcast. I'm Emily Donahue. Every January, Rain delivers accurate and timely forecasts for our clients on what to expect in the coming year. This year, we've identified several overarching themes that will define the security landscape in 2022. So how do we do that? Well, here with guidance is Sam Lichtenstein. He directs Rain's global security analyst team. Hey, Sam. Hey, Emily. Thanks for having me on. Maybe you can begin by telling me how you go about creating the annual forecast. Absolutely. As you said, this is a process we go through beginning in the fall of the year prior and then coming out every January to forecast for our readers and our clients what are going to be the big political, economic, and of primary concern to my team security trends that are going to define the global landscape. And so what I'm pleased to say about our forecast for 2022 is this is really the first year that we've precisely synced the worldview forecast that looks at geopolitics and economics and the threat lens forecast that looks primarily at security issues. So clients are able to really see the crossover between these two sides. Uh, And so I'm really pleased that in going through the threat lens forecast, what we've done in really lockstep with our worldview colleagues is look at the global landscape from a political and economic perspective to help forecast what those security risks are. So when you read through this year's Threat Lens annual forecast, you're going to see four primary sections. And the first and by far the largest one is really a tour of the globe, looking at every world region uh, for all the various security risks ranging from disruptive protests to interstate conflict. Uh, and so clients and readers can get a good lay of the land that we're forecasting for the coming year. The other three sections are a little more specific, but also globally applicable. Um, The first is on uh, terrorism forecasts. We're looking at primarily al-Qaeda, Islamic State groups, and then specifically the threat to the U.S. homeland and the broader West. The second uh, part would then be the cybersecurity environment that we're looking at. This is, of course, a growing and truly global concern. And then the final section uh, is going to be looking specifically at the U.S. homeland, really framing it in terms of what we can expect in a year when we're going to have midterm elections. What are some of the specific major security risks that you've identified in the forecast? So I think the one that's most applicable to all clients uh, comes in terms of cybersecurity. Unsurprisingly, the cyber risks that companies uh, and individuals are confronting in 2022 is really top of mind. Uh, In 2021, we, of course, saw an explosion in ransomware attacks that really captured a lot of the news. But cybersecurity risks really go beyond just ransomware. Of course, that's something to be concerned about. And candidly, one of our first major forecasts is that we should not expect ransomware and other financially motivated attacks to slow down. But what we will likely see is a shift in the security environment. Uh, And what I mean by that is that you may see fewer ransomware attacks uh, that are as escalatory as, say, the Colonial Pipeline hack that went after physical infrastructure and had a real-world impact. 
we do expect to see some deterrence and improved cyber defenses in the United States prevent uh, some of these attacks. But that also means that the risk profile is going to shift to other targets and, crucially, other geographies. Uh, financially motivated cri- cyber crime actors are going to be incentivized to look elsewhere, both in terms of industries, uh, but also in terms of geographic scope. So expect to see more attacks in places like Latin America, Asia, even parts of the West that by comparison to the United States have been comparatively less affected, like parts of Western Europe. Uh, The second major part of the cyber security atmosphere that I'd like to to highlight is that we're going to continue to see cyber criminal sophistication grow, um, and they're going to adopt increasingly a lot of the tactics, techniques, and procedures that we previously only saw from highly resourced nation states. Uh, This means that we should expect to see more cyber criminals using advanced zero-day vulnerabilities that they buy on the black market, um, compromise multiple organizations at once, uh, such as through supply chain attacks. And overall, this is going to blur the lines between nation-state and cyber threat actors in the criminal environment. This is going to just make things all the more difficult for organizations because attribution and defense is going to become increasingly difficult as advanced persistent threat groups that typically come from nation states and cyber criminals that are typically unaffiliated, uh, though of course we do know in some cases there are links, these two sets of groups are going to merge even more, and that's going to absolutely challenge organizations' defenses in the cyber atmosphere. So Sam, are there any wildcard events or trends that you would like to emphasize? Sure. So we, of course, always want to forecast the most likely scenarios, uh, but it's also a good part of forecasting to raise what we would call the proverbial low likelihood but high impact scenarios. Those events that, even if they are highly unlikely to occur, uh, would be highly impactful. Uh, And so for our clients, one of the, the most important things that we can do is tease out various different scenarios. So we have a baseline for what we expect, uh, but also then put forward how it could develop in a different way. Uh, So for instance, one of the things that we forecast here, uh, and this is a great example of the crossover between the worldview analysts and the threat lens analysts, is in terms of U.S.-Iran negotiations. Uh, We do expect there to be a limited nuclear deal of some sort between the United States and Iran, but we emphasize limited. Um, but and we also then want to emphasize there are a number of other ways this could play out. Uh, and one particularly in consideration here is that, especially if negotiations fall apart, and quite honestly, even if they stay on track and result in a limited deal, we expect to see an uptick in cyber conflict between Iran and Israel, and this has a whole set of knock-on implications, uh, not only for the regional environment, but quite honestly for for the West in general, uh, as the United States will almost certainly be caught up in any sort of Iran-Israel confrontation in cyberspace. One of the other things that I'd flag uh, is that there are a number of low likelihood but high impact scenarios that we don't think a lot of uh, the world is necessarily paying attention to. And even if we agree that the baseline is not that these uh, places will erupt into violence, it's worth laying out the risks so that companies and readers in general can understand that. So, for instance, one of the things we highlight um, is that in the Balkans, long-simmering ethnic tensions uh, are set to grow basically as nationalists across the board 
push uh, various divisive policies. Now, again, we don't expect uh, any sort of return to the wars that occurred in the early 1990s. Uh, but what we do expect is that you're going to see more risks emerge. And of course, as these build up, absent a lot of restraining factors, these could result in, in more concerning upticks in violence. Uh, so for instance, earlier in September 2021, uh, we saw uh, between Kosovo and Serbia along the border there, uh, kind of an uptick in unrest. Now, it only lasted for a few days. It wasn't terribly impactful, but it gave a flavor of the type of concerns that we're looking at. Uh, so that, again, even if the region itself is unlikely to spill out into complete war again, you do have these little instances that give an impression of what could happen and what companies and readers should be worrying about. Um, another high-profile area is, of course, Ukraine. This is another great example of crossover between the worldview and threat lens analytic forecasts. Um, again, we don't see a full Russian invasion as the most likely scenario. However, there are a number of other scenarios uh, that are worth teasing out that could still result in some sort of conflict. Uh, and even if the Russian full invasion doesn't, were not to occur, there are still a whole variety of security risks uh, for organizations to consider, not only that are immediately present in the region, uh, but because a Ukraine-Russia conflict would ultimately have implications for the U.S.-Russia dynamic and the Western dynamic more broadly with the Kremlin, organizations all over the globe should really be paying attention to what happens there. These are just a few examples. Of course, there are a whole host of others, uh, but I'm really proud of the work our entire analytic team did in putting this year's forecast together. Indeed. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Emily. Sam Lichtenstein is Director of Global Security Analysts at RAIN. You can stay abreast of security risks with RAIN Worldview and Threat Lens. Right now, we have a special offer on subscriptions to Worldview. Find out more at stratfor.com. That's stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.